0: how's it going
1: oh it's 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 going just like it normally does uh, for the past damn it you know i i i mentioned this in the last episode and i meant to do it before this episode but i once again forgot to count how many days um i've i've been in quarantine for now it, it was over like a hundred and twenty ish the last time i looked maybe a week or so ago um, but, you know, it's it's going basically the same as as all of those days have been. How about you? How are you doing?
0: Yeah, about the same. Uh, it seems like uh, um, since since the pandemic is uh, kicking back up again, it seems like whatever that number is, is going to be a uh, much bigger number for the uh, for the foreseeable future. I know that. Uh, uh, Florida hit uh, another new record, which is every day, and uh, I haven't seen Kentucky's numbers today, but uh, they were uh, way higher than uh, normal on uh, Friday and, uh, I believe, Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, my, uh, my sister lives in Orlando, and she sent me the article about Florida crushing the uh, stately record and uh, I saw as a country we crossed 70k in one day so that's um oddly terrifying so yeah I'm probably gonna have a lot more days coming up that are basically the same as the past 120 plus days have been where I sit in my apartment so
0: unlike you pretty, I, pretty I, cool I am uh, spending time out I uh I drove to Frankfurt. Went through a drive-through for my mom and drove home today, like I do many days, <laughs> and so I have a lot more uh, uh, outward activity than than you have. But
1: uh, yeah, I uh, I usually end up driving to like the brewery maybe once a week to pick up beer, and that's that's really it. Um, I suffice to say the car has not been seeing a lot of mileage put on it the past four months. so... We're, we're, we're just
0: talk chilling about cars because uh, uh, I had uh, I had some car activity as
1: as well. But first, we should talk about beer. So, what are you drinking? We should talk about beer. Yeah. So I am drinking. This is going to shock and amaze you, I'm sure. Because uh, I never have beer from this particular brewery, uh, but I'm drinking something from Braxton. That's That's got to be surprising, right?
0: Is that a new brewery? I've never heard of them
1: before. It, it's, it's pretty new, pretty niche uh, in the northern Kentucky area. Uh, definitely not the only place I've really purchased beer from in the past two months but uh, yeah it's it's one of the Braxton you know weekly Thursday special releases this one's been in the fridge for a little bit um, it's the pineapple milkshake pale ale and it is extremely good um, I'm pretty happy with it oh, so far I, I just ale. took a first hit. yeah
0: alright so it's not the IPA
1: correct correct so though it, it basically looks like a hazy IPA um so I don't know. It 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 might not be that. I must different. have misread
0: that one when it came out because I would have gotten that one. But I had had the the milkshake pineapple milkshake IPA, which I really liked.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, much like you, we've uh, we've given Braxton a lot of business, and uh, uh, I kind of uh, the beer refrigerator is full of Braxton stuff right now.
1: I've I've honestly been impressed, and I know we've talked about it before, but with the level of of beer muling that continues to happen amongst our our group of friends and coworkers, um, shipping beer from from Braxton and and some places uh, in Cincinnati. Um, back and forth to lexington and frankfurt and some of the breweries there so it's been it's been cool but no, like you i've got a fridge full of braxton releases um i still have the barley wine they just released i've got the cherry limeade slushy they released and i have the strawberry goze as well um so and I actually think I think I have an extra strawberry gose for our um, occasional guest speaker Mitch. So I've, I've, uh, I've, got, a, I've got a decent fridge uh, filled up right now, but always always room for more in my fridge because it's unburdened by food like some other people. Yeah, um, it but is for sure. how uh, how about you? What are what are you drinking tonight?
0: So uh, I didn't want to once again be drinking Braxton. <laughs> And uh, that beer mule process that you uh, mentioned uh, uh, brought me a beer that I had asked for. So our buddy Mitch ran up to uh, Mad Tree, and they had a special release of a collaboration with uh, Street Pops, who make uh, natural popsicle sort of uh, uh, treats. And uh, I looked their— on their website, looks like they're closed right now for COVID stuff. But uh, it's called Kickboard, and it is a tart wheat ale, and so it it straddles that line between a sour, which I really like, and a a wheat, which has also been a favorite style of mine for thirty years. Uh, in fact, a, a wheat beer. Uh, a million years ago, at a brewery in Columbus, Ohio called Hosters, which doesn't exist now, they had a hazy wheat that had uh, a real good uh, banana um, taste, and they uh, garnished it with an orange, and and it was just in the early days of me being a beer snob, that was, uh, that was a terrific beer and, and find. And I went there for years and years and at some point, uh, it closed down and became a, uh, a, a dance bar or something like that. It broke my heart, but
1: that's, uh, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It sounds like a, it sounds like an interesting combination though. A, like, uh, a wheat beer that's also, tart because usually the wheat makes it just like a little bit on the sweet side it does. um so i could see that kind of jiving really nicely with the tartness as well um i know we've had this conversation many times before i'm uh, i'm good with a little tartness you know like a saison or a goza um you get full on sours that is that is not my jam so I'm always kind of on the lookout for a good beer that kind of has that hint of it, but has some other things to sort of balance it out a little bit, which is kind of what I'm thinking will be the case probably with that strawberry Gose, that the strawberry is going to come across a little sweet, the Gose a little bit sour, and they'll kind of meld together nicely. So that sounds good. I I can always appreciate that combo. I
0: I would say if I needed to compare this to something that I've had, um, clearly different because it's wheat, but uh, Boulevard has a good saison, uh, the farmhouse saison, and and this has remnants of of kind of that farmhouse saison ale that they have. Um, the wheat changes it up, obviously, but sure. uh, but really good. I got a four pack, and uh, it's definitely worth the uh, the four pack. I do like the sours, unlike you, but. Um, I really I really enjoy it. Um I'll tell you another thing that I enjoyed that we both liked, even though it was a sour, I, I think Braxton is calling them kettle sours, but that quadruple berry that we both had, it was not what I would call it was not an urban artifact kind of sour. No,
1: no. And that's honestly I, I think the same as you, so I think my scales are a little shifted because rarely have i had sours that are on the level of an urban artifact sour where some of theirs are really uh they're really kicking the teeth a bit if you're not ready for it but yeah that quadruple berry one was um oh man and the uh you know they they come in a crowler right which if you're not a beer person and if you are i have no idea why you listen to this podcast or (laughs) at the very least don't skip the first 15 minutes of every episode um, it's a big thirty-two ounce can, right? And like any can, it's it's sealed, so you can't really like mix it up. But when you have thirty-two ounces of uh, a smoothie beer like that, like it's not it's not homogenous the entire way through, right? Like your first pour out of it is gonna be traditional beer like, um, even if it's you know maybe opaque in color, and then that second pour, it's it's thick like it's viscous almost and it was so good just the amount of berries that were blended up in that thing was amazing um really good and kind of like I had mentioned too it was you know you had the the sweetness of four different kinds of berries a little bit of that tartness and they just they combined so nicely it was a fantastic beer Um, I think I had two of those and I I greatly enjoyed drinking both of them
0: so I still have one and that's what I really wanted to have tonight. But I said, you know, I'm going to switch it up because uh, it's a 50-50 chance or 75-25 chance mm-hmm. John's going to be drinking a, a Braxton. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every once in a while, one of us should switch it up a little bit. And uh, and so I'm glad I did. However, I bet if we record another podcast this week, I had the, I have the quadruple berry.
1: Well, uh, it's it, honestly, it's good you didn't do it this episode. I think I have one. No, I've got a few beers in my fridge yet. Yeah, I still have some of the West 6 ones you brought me um, here. I think I've got four cans of those left the Hopstatic Channel 2 um, and the Strawberry Kolsch. And then I actually still have one of the Mirror Twin beers um, you picked up for me uh, a while back. It's actually the. Um, I actually, I dr- i drank my last uh, Tortuga on Sunday last week. And then, uh, so it's the, I always forget the name, but it's the the pale ale with uh, pear that I still have left, the hazy. Um, and I don't know, I don't recall the
0: name either. Uh, I believe I'm out of those. And then I had the Senator, our beer mule, uh, get me two more four packs of the Mirror Twin La Tortuga because oh, it is nice. such when you don't know what you want, it's it's like a terrific beer. Just because it it almost always is satisfying.
1: Oh, it is, it is. Yeah, there. And honestly, like I couldn't agree more. There were I think every single one of those I consumed. Like the very first one, I was like, I got to try this because you know Mark really likes it, and it was amazing when I had it. But then there were so many times where I'm like, I feel like I want a beer, but I don't really know what I want. And you open up the fridge, and of course. You know, it's just jam packed full of beer, and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm getting low. I'm down to fifty seven cans or whatever." But um, then you're just like, "I don't know what I want." But then you see the Tortuga in there, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's gonna be a perfect fit right now." It, um, and that's what but, I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I think I did the quadruple berry. I think for our last episode if I recall correctly. So it's, it's good to at least, you know, have, have one episode in there where we're not drinking the same Braxton beer.
0: Yeah. I think the, that episode uh, rolls out, uh, tomorrow. I think tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Tomorrow morning. That's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and
0: then, um, I hadn't mentioned to this, this to you before the, the show, but, um, in addition to another analytics, uh, Episode, um, we should have our friend Mitch back on, and and maybe we should have a uh, a heavier show, a, a cultural show, and uh, and talk about things going on in the world that aren't are not COVID, and um, and then maybe we have that uh, special black is beautiful beer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think that'd be I think that'd be a really good idea. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to try that one. But I was kind of thinking my, like I really I, I need to save this one for the appropriate occasion, which I'm guilty of doing for a lot of these beers and uh, right at the moment given that uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that I've been home for 120 days, but uh, there haven't been a lot of like special occasions to like break beers out for. So I think that'd be good. We'd have a nice kind of theme for that episode and I'm, I'm excited to try that beer as well. So I think that'd be a good one.
0: You know, I I have noticed that, that, the length of your hair is substantively uh, longer than the last time I actually saw you in an office setting. And so, I mean, you have that uh, prime minister Trudeau look about you.
1: So uh, what's actually funny uh, and and we can, uh, we can talk about this a little later when we like kind of do our our wrap up and link share at the end, like we normally do. Um, I've made a bunch of changes to the unusually.pink website, right? And uh, I changed the about page on it and I posted a photo of myself on the about page. The photo is actually the one you took of me at the Rock Pit Brewery in Orlando, Florida, um, our first day in Orlando for um, the Podfest Expo which, as we both horrifyingly recall, was right before everyone kind of went into quarantine, right? So it's like my last time really being out in public. Um, so it's fun for me to look at that picture and see what my hair looked like then, which I already kind of needed a haircut. I was a little overdue um, then compared to now where it's just this is completely outrageous at the moment. So it's... Uh, and it's probably going to get more outrageous before it gets cut. The way things are going, so dude, the, the progression of the this hair guy. is going to be. That's
0: funny. not even the same guy. I'm it's it's
1: honestly it. not. Like you, you got to look at the tattoos to like compare yeah. and be yeah. like, you is that actually, eyes, actually right. the same human being? Like it's it's wild. Could, dude. If, yeah.
0: Hold up that beer for me in your uh, left hand. All right.
1: On my, on my left hand. Okay. Oh
0: no, yeah. your right hand. You you had it. You had it right. Sorry, I, I, I don't have the left hand. right.
1: That's it. My microphone's kind of in the way to he like is, emulate the, you picture, are holding but,
0: the, the beer the same way as the guy in this, this picture, but shit, man, I don't know. Nothing else <laughs> matches.
1: Yeah. I, I, honestly, I kind of like the, the that, uh, that's a really great photo that can uh, kind of compare the before and after to me. And of course I've gone through like three different facial hair phases while we've been doing this whole shit in the nine yard. I mean, I think I had like a beard in that photo and yeah. then I went to the mustache and then now I got nothing. And, who knows, dude, by the time this is done, I'm going to have like some like sick chops maybe or something. I, I have no idea where we're going to go from here, but I got I got lots of time to, to grow it out. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: You're going to have lots of time. Maybe I just need to like do a weekly picture of JFAB HD.
1: Honestly, and- yeah, maybe.
0: That, that might be cool. That might be cool. It
1: might be. It might be. I was always I thinking about on the website, um, and I meant to do it today, but got caught up in some other things that I actually think we'll probably talk about here uh, shortly with the main meat of this episode. But I was thinking about doing sort of like um, a weekly music post, um, kind of help promote some of the music uh that's been newly released you know in the past week Um, especially given that so much of the music i like is from really small artists um it just it kills me when i'll go and like watch the music video that you know they painstakingly put together and you like don't even know how they they put the money together to like get the video filmed and it's just an amazing video a terrific song and it has like 600 views and i'm like 50 of those were me because i just watched it over and over again because it was so good so i thought about doing something uh, along those lines that i might try to start up so i can just if i do it weekly just throw like a random you know selfie of me looking stupid uh, at the end of every post so people kind of follow the progression of the uh the the dumpster fire that is my hair at the moment
0: that uh that would be cool for sure you know what i think um I think our podcast is gonna blow up this week because we have as a special guest, the world famous
1: game developer,
0: Andrew Palumbo. Plum thanks for joining us, man.
1: And to be honest, Mark, I'm I'm so glad that we were able to get him on the episode before he came too big to talk to us.
2: Yeah, really. You're right. Guys, I'm just glad to be here.
0: Oh, that's that's the most humble Andrew Palumbo has ever been with us.
1: Oh, and it's it's the most humble we're ever going to hear because the fame is only going to go upwards. So, uh, yeah. He's going to be embarrassed of this episode. It's it's, it's going to be like, you know, Plums has no idea who this person is. It's going to be like Denise Richards when she thinks about how the f- she was in the film Starship Troopers and that just has to kill her every single day that she was in that movie. Like, that's going to be Plums in five years. Like, God, I can't believe I did that podcast episode. I can't
0: believe I hung out with those guys and did that lowly Jank ass <laughs> podcast when when I'm such a superstar.
1: Yeah, well he's like sitting in his hot tub, you know, with like a, a K-pop band in there with them uh, and just chilling. Yeah. His
0: uh his his Porsche uh, uh designed uh, hot tub.
1: His Porsche hey, designed man. hot tub that uh, I'm gonna assume by then he'd have one of those like car elevators, you know, and he's got like seven different Porsches. Like and he's so. gotta figure out which which one he wants his butler to get out for him for the day.
0: Some plums. That's going to be the dream. What have you been doing today? What have you been doing this weekend? Yes,
2: yeah, so this weekend I uh, went home to go see my family and some friends that I uh, went to high school with and uh, grew up with. and You know, just went home, had a good time with them. That's uh, been mostly that. And then uh, also been doing some homework because, you know, taking some summer classes this, this, uh, this semester. So that way I can knock some credits out of the way. So just knocking out all that kind of stuff
0: (laughs) well you know we uh we we won't give uh give away what our day job is but but uh, we do have a saying stay in school (laughs) and 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 that's important we we've seen some of the remnants of people that didn't stay in school
2: yep yep don't want to be like them (laughs) no not at all
0: so uh so plums you've uh you've had a game for quite a while and uh, you have got a little energy going behind you, and and uh, you you went out and re-released your game, and and so tell us tell us about Comet Run.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Comet Run is a project I started when I was in eighth grade in middle school. Um, I was interested in uh, iOS app development for some reason, and I went out and saved a bunch of money and bought. Uh, my first Mac. It was a uh, 2007 white unibody MacBook, and uh, that was the original Comet Run machine that built this uh, this app that I would worked on. And you know, I was I wasn't super proud of it then. You know, it was cool that I was doing it, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was a pretty janky app to be on the App Store. So uh, I ended up killing the project in 2016 and just you know moving on, working in. Uh, computer networking stuff like that instead um and recently i had some downtime and you know i was like you know what let's revive this project so uh, i actually paid one of my graphics design artist friends from high school to build a fully featured uh, graphic graphics set for it and went through and completely revamped uh, most of the game mechanics in it to make it better and more efficient and just you know Easier to play so that way people don't get frustrated with it because there was definitely some janky things in there from before. Um, And yeah, I'm just super proud of what I've been able to make here. Um, It's a uh, endless scroller style game. So, you know, you just go as long as you can before uh, before dying and compare your scores to other people. So
0: so
1: so and there's a there's a recently added uh, leaderboard feature as well to compare those scores. Is that right?
2: That's right. I'm currently number one in all the slots, but John is quickly catching up to me. So that's I, think, I, uh, I think
1: I'm number two. I'm number two in all the slots.
2: All right. So uh, it seems a little unfair because
0: Plums knows how he built the game. But uh, as I understand some of the trash talking behind the scenes, uh, John catches up or passes you, Plums, and then you go back in and one-up him and, and get a little better score. Is that what's going on here?
2: That has been what has been going on, yes. Since Comet Runner released a couple of weeks ago, John's been uh, – he beat me in my, my own game, and I'm like, I can't be having that. i like, gotta got to start up again. So I opened the app, and sure enough, beat his score by like 40 points. So,
1: <laughs> which, which, for the record, that's impressive because that's like 30% higher than what my score was. Um, that's – Forty points is significant, so uh, I got I got a lot of work cut out for me to uh, continue playing the game.
0: I, I have uh, I have confidence, John, that you'll you'll find a uh, an appropriate event to be able to uh, multitask and uh, and and come after plums.
1: Well, you know, uh, every every time um, I, I know the event that you were um, alluding to, but uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking every time I happen to be stuck on a call when uh, when Chris talks, I usually just fire up Comet Ron and you know start playing. So um, I'm going to have a lot of opportunities uh, coming up here in the very near future to to try and post a better score.
0: And so, Plums, that was the first reference of throwing Chris under the bus. It won't be the last. He's. I don't think there's ever been a one-throw Chris episode.
1: There's, there's kind of like a, a minimum. I, I think there's some kind of like financial penalty if we don't hit it. I, I don't know how this all works in the podcast world, but like I think there's a requirement we have to hit at least three.
0: And, and I and don't know about you, you wrong. Jordan, but uh, we, we haven't made any AdSense money plums you're rolling in it
2: what do you what are you up to i am up to about 68 cents this week so
0: holy uh, shit yeah it yeah. won't be long before you'll be buying our lunch every day <laughs>
2: that's right
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna 68. is he gonna grub hub that up to my apartment or how is that gonna work
0: i I figure by the time we can actually go back out in the world, Plums will have enough weeks of this under his belt that that will actually he'll be able to take us to someplace nice.
1: Yeah, and also he'll probably be uh, he'll probably be twenty one by then too. So we'll, he can yeah, he can he buy drinks will. he can buy drinks for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Plums, this is an audio podcast, so uh, nobody listening to this like your parents can just see what what reference you did. So. So that's good. I thought I'd throw that in there just in case uh, mom and dad listen later.
2: Yeah, my plan is to not tell them I was on a podcast. But uh,
1: did they? Yeah, uh, they know about the website that you have set up now?
2: They do not. Uh, no, uh-huh. actually, I think I told my mom
1: about it. Okay, that. sweet. So when this podcast goes live, I'll update the site with a link because uh, I still have yeah. all the creds and control over the website. So I'll, I'll post it up there in the forefront.
0: That's a good idea, John. Yeah, that's a, that's a
2: really good idea.
0: So, uh, how many downloads you have so far plums?
2: Um, I think I checked this morning, um, and I was up to about around 40 downloads, um, which over two week period of time, you gotta think, I mean, they're random people on the the face of the earth right now, just downloading my game. So that, that, that to me is one of the coolest parts of this is the fact that I get to share my creative work with the rest of the, the world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, primarily United States downloads, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see that you know there are people, other people in the world downloading the game. And you look in the leaderboard, and you're like, I don't know who that is. Or what that is so. I mean, there are, there are certainly more more people than just us out there playing the game. So
0: that's cool. Dude, that's, I'd like to see that cool. traction for
2: you. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. I already. I've uh, I've never released anything in like uh, an app store or anything like that, but I've always found it. You know kind of awesome in the same way you know when i've had uh, different websites with analytics on them and that sort of thing to kind of look at that and see like some random person in like indonesia is reading my website or you know in the case of plums some random person somewhere on the other side of the planet is playing my video game like it's just it's a cool feeling
2: yeah it, it absolutely is and you know it's just part of why i decided to do it again is just to get those feelings back like hey you know i accomplished something i can be proud of what i've put out you know
0: so didn't we talk and don't you have some other uh, app
2: ideas potentially yeah so uh back in uh 2015 uh the year before i guess it would have been 2015 yeah because it's the year before i killed the uh the the development platform i was working on um i uh, i had another game called better tap fast um, and i was working on a similar revamp of that app at the time um i had the same graphic design artist who made the new graphics for comet run made awesome new graphics for uh, better tap fast and it was a it was an interesting style game you had a, a dot on the screen and you had to click the dot before it disappeared or you'd lose um And progressively, as you kept going on and on and on, you'd get uh, harder and harder. And then they added more dots. And then the dots would change colors. And if you touch the dot, when it changed colors randomly, you'd be out. Like, it was pretty cool. I'm thinking about uh, rebuilding that one as well, just for the heck of it, you know?
0: And would you do that in, uh, what, C Sharp? Or would you move on to Swift? What would you do?
2: So, Yeah. Comet Run was written in Objective-C. Objective um, I don't know Yeah, I don't know Swift right now, um, but it's certainly something that I was looking at. It just didn't make sense to to rewrite the entire project of Comet Run in the new language if I wasn't familiar with it. Um, but Better Tap Fast is a really simple concept, um, and it doesn't have as much uh, difficulty to it and complex programming that I had to do for Comet Run. Um, so because of that, I'm thinking about you know, picking up uh, Swift playgrounds or something on the iPad, um, learning Swift and uh, rebuilding the game in there.
0: Cool. I gave uh, John an idea the other day of a uh, in this pandemic. Uh, so uh, we we I need a developer man. So um, bathroom availability. So so interestingly, it's I mean it's funny, but it's not every place is closed down. So for example, when I go get my mom's breakfast on the days that she wants McDonald's in Frankfurt, the McDonald's in Frankfurt is not open, just the drive-through. You can't stop and go to the bathroom there. There are tons of places that are curbside only. So when you're out and about, where I mean, everybody needs to go to the restroom and so, uh, crowdsourcing an app like the uh, Untapped app that we use for checking in our beer—that you can check in that a restaurant or that a restroom is open, uh, even the condition of the restroom, uh, hours, availability, any any other sorts of things. This this COVID stuff is going to continue to 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 be around until there is a uh, vaccine. And vaccine availability and, and anti-vaxxers, there'll be a period of time that, uh, that likely facilities aren't available. I, I used yeah. to, uh, like if I was near a hospital, if I needed to go to the restroom, I'd just park and, and walk into the hospital and, and use the public restrooms. Can't do that. Seriously. I mean, in, in you, you can't do that in a number of, of just medical health practices. I know when I go get my uh, allergy shots once a month, I have to call before I, I come in. Mm-hmm. And so everything is very measured now. And I'm uh, just thinking that'd be a cool crowdsourced app. And and if if somebody closed down, then somebody could mark that as they're no longer open anymore. So McDonald's, you know, you can't, you can't use the restroom at McDonald's in this city anymore. Things like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I no, that's the, a really cool idea.
1: I think the condition would be useful even like post COVID too. For those times when you're like, I got to go somewhere and I have multiple choices. Like where, where's the one that's going to be the least funky you know
0: so this isn't um, the first time i've had this idea and and the idea literally was a key west app for clean restrooms because there are so many restrooms in bars in key west that even a guy that's going to stand up you you're uncomfortable with um i will throw uh, ricks under the the table, the, the <laughs> uh, under the bus, we'll we we'll run over it and we'll back up and we'll run over it again. Just one of the, <laughs> just one of the worst restrooms I've ever been to in my entire life. And honestly, that's where I got the idea. I went in there once and I was like, oh my god, I have to go. Yeah. But, but oh my god, and uh, there should be an app for clean restrooms. And and you know, it'd been years since I'd thought of that. And and then as I was sitting in the drive-thru at McDonald's, John, in Frankfurt, picking up my mom's breakfast one morning, that's when I came up with the idea to, that, that I sent to you, is they're literally, you, you can't stop and use normal conveniences.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's, um, well, you know, you, you know a world-famous iOS developer, so they can probably uh, help you out with that.
0: Yeah, maybe we could collaborate or something.
2: Yeah, that'd be a really cool idea. Yeah, I like that. So. Always looking for uh, new new avenues uh, to, to develop in. I mean, the, the, the old saying goes, there's an app for everything. I mean, but there's not an app for everything. So,
0: And, uh, you, you know, John, you talk about it'd be good after COVID. You know, that's where maybe uh, you allow a, a photo upload. And so yeah, yeah. It, it takes in down res as a picture. So, so there'd have to be an algorithm in the app so that you're not uploading huge pictures every time.
1: Well, it's it's generally illegal to take photos or videos in public restrooms, so I'd probably caution against that. Uh, that's that's not really a good. Well, thing if you're to not get,
0: taking a picture of somebody.
1: True, but I don't. I don't know if I'd want to want to submit my app to that level of. Uh, mm-hmm questionable legality that that seems like a bad idea i'm no lawyer or anything i just know that like there's been significant issues on social media in the past of people taking photos and videos inside of public restrooms that uh, has caused a lot of legal fallout for people I'd, I'd so maybe a picture of,
0: venue, picture of the venue picture
1: of yeah door yeah door yeah the room, yeah like just sort of like you know there's like a hallway leading up to it that sort of thing can usually give you like a half decent idea of like what you're getting into but yeah, inside the bathroom, I'd uh, I'd highly recommend against that. There was actually uh, a very very famous uh, Twitch streamer probably about a year and a half ago now, maybe um, who uh, was at a convention and uh, took a video as he was going into the bathroom at the convention center, and that was a humongous ordeal um, because it was illegal to film inside the, the public bathroom.
2: Yeah. Ah.
0: Well. Yep. We well, could get some interesting pictures that maybe don't include floating floating turds or anything.
1: Not even that. Just like the, the, there were other people in the bathroom. And sure. Like that's sure. that's a humongous problem. You can't you can't be doing that. Um, yep. As the governor would say. As the governor would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so plums. Any other development plans uh, right now, or is that really what you're looking at?
2: Yeah, that, that's primarily what I'm looking at. I'm also looking to add, you know, new features to Comment Run and whatnot. Um, one feature that I've actually pre-programmed, I just haven't run the build on uh, through testing yet, is uh, in-app purchases for uh, removing in-game ads and things like that. So I'm always looking to improve everything, and you know, so so you know, you, any, you, anything I can do. When
0: you get that feature up, we will certainly uh, peer pressure and browbeat. Our buddy Nelly to uh, to to buy an in app purchase so that he doesn't have to see his the ads.
2: Yeah, he told me he wasn't going to even update because of the fact that it would have ads after that point. And to to be fair, to, to please him a little bit, I did change the uh, the uh, the amount of games you have to go through before it serves an ad from three to eight. Um, much more reasonable <laughs> I think but uh, yeah so right now if you uh, if you're playing on the app store it's eight games before you get served an ad
0: so. see I think Nelly really wants to hang out with John and I on the podcast he's going to be jealous that you beat him as, uh, as you've got to be on here first so so I think maybe uh, we do some bartering and say hey man you, you do the in-app purchase on Plum's app and uh we'll have you as a guest on the podcast.
1: You're there you're letting you him off you're letting him off easy there, Mark, because uh, he really did you a disservice on a, a social hour call last week where you know he didn't invite you to drink a uh a, a beer with with me and him. That I bought. Yeah that that you bought and provided for him uh that one he was just like hey John we both have the same beer you want to drink it and I was like sure and you know you may as well have not even been on the call.
0: Well, I told him we were going to meet last night, and uh, and so he probably set up waiting for us to uh, have a, another video session, social hour. And I blew him off and didn't didn't ever mention that <laughs> we weren't actually going to have a social hour. So I I feel like uh, I feel like I've uh, I'm evening oh, up great. the score a little.
1: That's great. I'm picturing him sitting on his porch, you know, just like holding his phone, just waiting, just waiting, never yes. happens. And his wife comes out and it's like one 30 in the morning and she tells him to go to bed. Yeah.
0: So John, before we uh, finish up the podcast, I know you've been doing some dev work too. So uh, what's been going on in uh, your world, the last 120 nights that you've
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, I've, I've been trying my best to take advantage of the time here to not, um, you know, just sit on the couch and watch Netflix for seven hours a night after I finish work. So I've um, been doing a few different things. Obviously I do a lot of, uh, I, I say obviously like anybody else listening to this has any idea, but, uh, you know, uh, I do a lot of coding, uh, for work. And so, uh, I've learned a couple of different programming languages, uh, for work sort of after hours. Um, and in fact, I've been uh, just just on Friday, so two days ago from now, um, I kind of ran into a new thing that I hadn't really uh, experienced before, which was creating a, uh, a JWT, a JSON web token, which is sort of a a method that you can use for authentication and authorization when you're doing API stuff. So uh, an ability to sort of give you a timed expiring token that allows you to make API calls um, a bit more secure than just passing API keys so that if you know something happens, the token's compromised, whatever, there's an expiration that's usually like 30 minutes or less on it. So you can only use it for a certain amount of time. Um, and then there's also uh, a few other security mechanisms built into that, which um, the, the documentation from the vendor, whose uh, platform I was working with, the example code they gave was in Python, which I love Python, it's a great language, but uh, the platform I'm developing for, it's really difficult to use Python on it, so I didn't want to go that route. Um, and then in their sample code, actually putting together that token Uh, was handled by a library, which means that none of the details on how you actually construct the token uh, were visible. They just passed like six pieces of information to a a library and they got a token back. And I'm like, that doesn't doesn't help me at all. Um, So I had looked online and actually found uh, some PowerShell code, which I can use PowerShell for this platform too. And uh, that, that showed me how to construct the token. So I did that on Friday and and kind of got up and running with the API. But just this weekend, I was like, you know, I bet now that I've seen the PowerShell code and I know how it works, I bet I could do this in uh, the language that works the best on this platform, which happens to be Groovy, which is sort of a scripting language that runs on top of Java. And uh, so I spent a good portion of the day yesterday um, just sitting down and, uh, and hacking my way through it and managed to come up with that. And, uh, which is pretty cool because since uh, there was literally nothing I could find on the internet for how do I make a, a JSON web token in Groovy, uh, I made a GitHub repo for it and put all my code up there. Uh, actually put a post on my website about it this morning uh, as well. So that was pretty cool. I have that out there. And then uh, I was actually doing some just generally interesting work in uh, another Java-based language uh, called Kotlin last night. Um, it's it's a language that Google has kind of positioned as sort of the main development language for Android. Um, I myself have zero interest in developing Android applications, but I definitely see the uh, the platform I'm using Groovy for now. Groovy hasn't been popular for like seven years. They're using it maybe because it's Java based and it can run on their Java based platform. Um, I could definitely see them replacing that with Kotlin in the future. So I thought, you know, it kind of behooves me to at least become familiar with it. Um, and I was going through trying to figure out how to make HTTP connections in Kotlin and in doing so, which I did figure out, um, I figured out that I should be doing them a different, better way in Groovy. And I went back and, uh, updated a lot of that code as well. So that was pretty cool. All kind of work related. And then as sort of a a side project as more of a hobby, um, i uh, I have I have a few accounts on Mastodon, which is a social network that's like Twitter uh, if Twitter was decentralized. So um, there's a whole episode of the unusually pink podcast on it, so I won't, you know, sit here and talk for 30 minutes. But basically if people could run their own Twitter servers, um, let their friends join or whatever, uh, and then federate with the other servers where they thought, hey, this other server, they have cool people who do cool things. And this other server, they're filled with like scumbags who post racist bullshit, like we'll block that one. Um, It's kind of cool. It gives you sort of that power to dictate who you do and do not see posts from. Um, I being that I'm a nerd, um, really like to use Mastodon from a few different command line clients uh, that people have developed um, so that I can just open up a, a terminal and run my client and make my posts and see my timelines and that sort of thing. So I thought it might be kind of fun to develop something like that. So I actually went ahead and made a project in a programming language called Go, which is basically Google's version of fixing the C programming language. Um, C is a language that's been around for forever and a day. Um, Very heavily used because it's a low-level programming language, but it's also extremely unsafe. Um, There's a lot of ability to kind of put yourself into a bad situation as a programmer and create scenarios where your code can be exploited. So it's Google's take on, we want sort of that same efficiency of C, but we want to fix all the problems. Um, So I decided a good way to sort of learn that would be to make a Mastodon client in Go. Uh, So I've been working on that on the side periodically. Definitely still really, really early. I do have a GitHub repo for that as well. Super would not recommend anyone try to use the client right at the moment. Uh, But I do have it to the point where uh, I can successfully post new updates to Mastodon from it. uh, And I can pull back... Uh, timeline information, although it is extremely poorly formatted, I need to fix a lot of that yet. Um, so I need to add all kinds of shit. I need to add favorites, I need to add boosts, I need to add replies, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. But, uh, you know, incremental progress is just sort of something I do for fun. So if I'm sitting around and think, yeah, I feel like watching TV right now, I'll I'll fire that up and, uh, and work on it a little bit. So just kind of trying to take the copious amounts of free time that I have now since I'm not going out anywhere and uh, doing doing some cool stuff with it put some commits on my github account make that little graph uh, a little bit greener
0: good deal good deal I uh, you were gonna give me a mastodon tutorial at some point
1: I, definitely never did that
0: yeah. <laughs> I have I have a couple of accounts certainly don't want to expose them. Um, I I, I guess uh, there 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 are some um, interesting things I like conceptually. I like what they're doing, but none of the things that I have interest in seem to have a lot of population. They don't, there's not a lot of people engaged in those conversations. Um, I wish there were because social media in general has become this cesspool and and while I'm a huge Twitter user I I have to often look away so that I don't see the the car crash.
1: Yeah no I uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I actually just deleted my Twitter account the other night because, I've been making sort of a a mental health point of staying off of Twitter for the past like two months, probably. Um, And over the past couple of weeks, I periodically tried to get back on Twitter. And it's just like every time I opened it up, I would just get angry looking at the garbage that gets posted there. So um, definitely have no interest in sort of mainstream social media. Mastodon is, it can be really good, but. So far, it's very niche uh, within sort of the communities that have gravitated towards it. Um, so really, a lot of it comes down to like um, the people who are really into like open source uh, software uh, and then marginalized groups. Those are really sort of the ones who have gravitated towards it. The, the open source software communities because mastodon is all open source and so they're like we want to use the platform that supports that uh and then marginalized communities just because all the mainstream platforms are entirely too toxic um to to really have a good experience on them uh and the the decentralized federated nature of mastodon allows people to avoid a lot of that um they can Join instances tailored to their specific community, and then um, those instances are generally only going to federate with other instances um, that aren't going to be toxic towards them. So uh, it kind of makes for a really nice um, a really nice place to be able to go and and participate in social media without the amount of uh, cesspool. Garbage that you see on a lot of mainstream social media. Uh, but definitely a lot of the, you know, the, as far as like big accounts, uh, just sort of as an example of, uh, you know, of groups that have joined it, it really doesn't happen. Um, there are a few Linux distributions that have official Mastodon accounts, um, a lot of the, the, uh, the Proton products, so Proton Mail, Proton VPN. Ah, uh, they actually have official Mastodon accounts, but for the most part, you don't get any of that. You're definitely never going to see like a craft beer Mastodon account. I say never. Right now, you're not going to see a craft beer Mastodon account. That sort of thing. Um, a lot of that's a lot of that's not there. So, um, a lot of good conversation still happens there, uh, even about things that might be contentious. But another cool part about Mastodon is that uh, they support, they support content warnings, and so you can make a post and say, "I want to make a post about." United States politics, uh, I'd usually flag that post as a content warning. Uh, I would put the warning as US politics. And then, for the most part, when I make that post, all that people see is a content warning that says US politics. And that's it. And if someone's like, I really don't want to see US politics right now, then they don't do anything. They don't see the content of my post. If somebody's like, I'd like to see what he said, they can click a button and it'll actually expand my post then and show whatever it was that I posted in there. So, Um, it's pretty nice setup they have as well, just for like that sort of general mental health. Like I can only get, I can only experience a certain deluge of content on a particular topic before it's too much that, um, you know, you can kind of block things off that way. And uh, most of the people I've seen on Mastodon usually do a, a pretty good job of tagging their posts with content warnings if they think it's, uh, it's going to be relevant.
0: Yeah. That's been my experience. And, and uh, I think you're right on the marginalized groups. I, I am. Uh, I, I like to learn and, and, and just kind of like to see the world and, and, and uh, sometimes seeing the world is online, not, not in person. And uh, certainly some of the, the groups that have been marginalized due to uh, uh, United States laws and restrictions and things on other platforms, other platforms that have been taken down, um, they show up on Mastodon and, and uh, just observationally, they seem like they, they flourish. I, I just don't see the um, – you, you, you want to have an environment in which you don't have all the noise, but the environment also needs to be big enough that you hear the voices that you want to hear as well. And yes, that's that's been a rub with me is that in some of the the communities that that I lurk around in, uh, I'm an introvert. I don't I I, I talk on Twitter when I get pissed off and I've been pissed off a lot the last two weeks.
1: I've I've seen some of those those salt tweets over the past few weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so (laughs) uh, I think I've called out some people. Uh, yeah. I really think I've called out people in high places, in fact.
1: You have.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, um, I, I need, for, for, at least for me, master, there, there has to be a little more equalization, meaning uh, there's got to be more conversation than there is for me on the topics that I'm interested in. Uh, I can see some of the other topics. While I may find some of the things on Mastodon interesting, they're not the things I'm going to go look at every day, and I'm more interested in finding the things I want to go look at every day, and the signal-to-noise ratio being lower than it is on Twitter.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair. And to be honest, I was in uh, I was in a really good spot because um, there's sort of an open source community I've been involved with for shit like 10 years now um who actually spun up their own mastodon instance and so it was immediately joined by everybody in that community who you know i've been talking to on irc for like a decade so um i already had sort of a a good avenue in where i'm like this is going to be good content that i find engaging from there it's only kind of expanded out as i've seen some some of the stuff other people have posted start following them as well um you know, it would uh, it would blow Chris's mind to to try and like keep all this straight. But what's kind of cool about it as well is that you have multiple feeds in Mastodon. So um, there's the local feed, which is all the posts from your particular instance that you're a part of, uh, and then there's a home feed, which is all the posts from the people you follow. And then there's a um, a federated timeline that's like everybody that your server is federated with, uh, which by the way, I absolutely never click on the federated timeline ever. Um, I don't find it interesting. It's like you say, signal to noise ratio, it's yeah. terrible. Uh, but so for my local instance, I never follow anyone because I'll look at the local timeline and see them. Uh, Mastodon's small enough that it doesn't move like crazy fast where you know, if I don't look at it for an hour, I'm going to miss a bunch of shit. Uh, But then on the home timeline, I've just kind of naturally started following some other people when people on my local instance have, you know, boosted things from other people, that sort of stuff. So it's been sort of a development process of a few years where I've found all the different people I want to follow and get that good sort of engagement where I know these posts are going to be interesting. It's going to be content I'm good with. Um, I can follow the people on in other instances who might want to follow me back and we'll have some good conversation, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I was really lucky to kind of just already be part of a community that stood up an in instance. And then from there, I was like, well, it's easy to get started because no matter what, if I look at the local timeline, i'm I'm gonna see good content there.
0: And, and I guess I'm always an early adopter. And so I went in early. Found it uninteresting because nobody was there because I didn't have that community that mm-hmm. that you kind of kickstarted your experience with.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and to be fair, the uh, so the same community they actually had Mastodon, um, on the the underlying technology it uses for the posting and federation uh, is not like a, a new invention. It's called ActivityPub. Um, it's an open source standard. And there was a project that existed before Mastodon called uh, GNU Social that was basically the same thing, just less elegantly executed. Uh, so the same community actually had a GNU Social instance that I used before Mastodon even existed. Um, once Mastodon really started to take off, they were like, well, nobody uses GNU Social we're going to stand up a Mastodon instance, since everybody move your shit over to there, which is what we all did. So it was basically just sort of a continuation of that almost.
0: Yeah. Cool. Plums, are you doing anything on Mastodon?
1: I'm sorry. It, uh, it's probably my end, but I, that, that broke up for me. I have no idea what you just said.
0: Plums, are you doing anything on Mastodon?
2: I am not. So, uh, I actually heard about Mastodon first from John's unusually pink podcast episode. Um, and it sounded super interesting to me, and uh, the discussion on decentralizing Twitter and Mastodon was pretty cool. Um, but uh, I do not. Um, hearing more and more about it, it sounds like something I'd be interested in joining. Though sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, I think you just got to get in there and and uh, look around. Like I said, I find some things interesting, some communities interesting, um, but they're not the communities that I'm gonna hang out and have conversations in, I find them interesting as a, uh, observer of society.
1: Yeah. There's, um, there's a link I'll dig up for the, the show notes, uh, since I didn't know we were going to kind of go down this path, but, um, there's, there's actually a Mastodon's problem is that the, by far the, the biggest instance is run by the dude who like is the developer for Mastodon, um, which, you know, He's jazzed that people like to use the product, but he isn't jazzed that everybody wants to join the same instance because that kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, So they actually have a website that's sort of like an instance database uh, where you can search instances. Um, They'll tag themselves with different topics that are sort of prevalent on that instance. You can see metrics like the number of users, their uptime, that sort of thing. It kind of aids in the process of finding an instance to join. Um, And again, that's basically just to say, I want to click on the local timeline and see relevant content. Um, that's what that'll get you. You can still you know follow and see posts from from anybody on any other instance assuming your instance doesn't block theirs, uh, which is pretty rare and usually the instances that get blocked are not ones you'd be following people from anyway. Uh, but yeah, there's uh there's a site we can link to that kind yeah, of Yeah, let's put that in um, the show notes. That yeah, I yeah, gives a sort of a interesting, database
0: because I don't think I have stumbled across that either.
1: Yeah, they they've been struggling to figure out like the best way to um surface that sort of information uh to people. Um because when you go to an instance, it's just like a a sign up form, right? And so they're trying to figure out a better way to direct people to picking an instance as opposed to somebody sees a link to a post on somebody's blog or a news site or something like that and they click it and then they click like the main button for mastodon it just takes you to that landing page for that instance so um they're, they're trying to kind of hash out the best way to handle that
0: good deal good deal so um uh... Plums, when we wrap up uh, an episode, we like to uh, let the listeners, uh, all uh, 100,000 of them, uh, know uh, <laughs> where they can uh, find us online. So uh, where can our, list- our listeners find you?
2: Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at APlumbo2001. And let me, and in- you let me interrupt follow- you
0: there for a second. So uh, when you sent me that earlier... I was like, "Why is he using 2001?" And then I immediately felt ancient because that's the that's the year
2: you're born, right? It's actually not. It's 2000 not? is the year I'm born. Uh, uh, the the reason behind the 2001 is because uh, I used a Palumbo 2000 for a while on some things, and then uh, I ended up having to switch over to a new email account, and I just added the one to it. So.
0: <laughs> either way 2000 or 2001 makes me uh,
2: fucking feel old
1: i was gonna say that that's like no difference what's
2: that's not it's not. yeah it's basically no difference yeah. yeah and uh if you're interested in following my uh, development uh you can follow us on uh palumbo underscore development on instagram or go to palumbo.dev
0: that uh, that Palumbo.dev website—that's a snazzy-looking website. How how'd you uh, how'd you get that developed?
2: Yeah, I called up my buddy John here, and I'm like, "Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you fix this for me?" <laughs> and he hooked me up. So,
1: yeah, we, we spun that bad boy up in, in maybe like an hour and a half or so. wasn't too bad.
0: He is a Linux yeah. guru, and I know that you kind of you kind of fancy yourself as a Linux guru as well.
2: I'm so glad you said that on this lovely podcast here, so and, the world can know that I'm a Linux guy.
0: And, <laughs> and, and plums, just so you know, this is an audio podcast, so you, so you shaking your head, nobody saw that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm. Definitely not a Linux guy.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, plums, we appreciate you joining us this episode. Uh, uh, maybe we can have you back, and you can uh, announce uh, uh, the Plums Cast or something.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Good deal. So, John, um, this is kind of old hat with us about where we find each other, but but your world's kind of changed a little bit uh, in the the past few days. So uh, yes. tell us about uh, where people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Yeah. So uh, I still have uh, JFABHD.com. Um, that has links to a whole bunch of, of stuff that I do. Um it, it also has links to my GitHub on there. So if you're interested in either looking at my very poorly written code for either the uh, Mastodon client that I'm working on in Go or how to make a uh, JSON web token in Groovy, uh, those repos are on my GitHub. And then uh, I'm also ever at uh, unusually.pink. So unusually.pink was the episode for my other podcast. Uh, we hadn't posted an episode in a couple of months, uh, so I talked to my co-host uh, earlier this week and I was like, are we are we still doing anything? And they were kind of like, no, nah, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I, I, I feel that. Um, I think between me moving and then sort of COVID happening, uh, there, there's been a lot going on that uh, has just kind of put the kibosh on that. So we, we decided we're probably not going to be recording that podcast anymore. That being said, the landing page for unusually.pink was a blog where I would post random things uh, to kind of drive traffic to the website. So I'm going to continue uh, blogging there. So I have a blog uh, over at unusually.pink where I post all kinds of stuff. I actually made a post earlier today, sort of breaking down the code uh, for creating that JWT in Groovy Um, planning a couple other similar posts uh, in that vein. So just a lot of that sort of thing um, over there on the blog. And I I, I redid the theme on the blog, too. Uh, I wanted to keep it kind of with some pink accents, but uh, I have a post on the blog about the Dracula theme, uh, which is a theme developed mainly for uh, IDEs, text editors, sort of your programming environments. Um, that I personally love the color scheme for. And it got so popular that it exists for like a bazillion different applications. Um, and so I kind of took the the color codes that they post for the theme, uh, which which are up on their GitHub, and uh, kind of redid my website with, uh, with some Dracula themes. So just got an overhaul. Looks pretty slick, I think.
0: It does. It does. I was just checking. I never got a... Uh response back from uh, from my uh, Twitter question is this because you uh,
1: killed your Twitter account? Oh did you did you post something to me on Twitter to
0: unusually pink no
1: oh it's unusually pink That one's still up there uh, I don't I haven't regularly been logging into that one It was just what I would push content to from the website. So uh, I have no idea what your question is.
0: I just said uh, asking for a friend. Is this because Brandy doesn't like beer?
1: That's that is a true statement. Like beer,
0: John, you um, uh, you roboted on us. It's that uh, that great internet service you get from. Is it Spectrum?
1: It, it if you can hear it, it is Spectrum. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny you. Uh, Your audio worked great earlier and your video was frozen.
1: It's um, generally every single time that it happens, it is just my uplink uh, goes to shit. And so I usually hear and see everything that everybody else is doing, but they may not be able to hear or see me, which which is pretty cool. I'm 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 a huge fan. Yeah, Spectrum. They're the, they're they're really they're really killing it.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think this is uh, this is going to get worse as uh, as the new normals are uh, as long as COVID continues. And then uh, I think we're still going to stay home. The the collective, the royal we, is that society yeah. is going to move to this model, and the uh, internet service providers are going to have to step up and do a better job. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not, I, I could bitch about this for hours, but I mean, like my, my downlink is normally, I pay for 200 megabytes per second. I'm sorry, megabits per second. And, uh, I usually get about 225. So like I get better than I expect. Uh, my uplink is supposed to be 10 megabits per second. So obviously like an order of magnitude lower, uh, and, it just periodically craps out and I have no idea why. So um, it's, it's been a frustrating experience. I really don't think it's like a utilization based thing, uh, given the fact that it happens at any given time. And if you think about it, it's it's 8:30 PM on like a Sunday night. I mean, I can't imagine that the uplink for everybody going through the same trunk as I am is going to be like super killing it right now. Right. Everybody's sitting at home watching Netflix, like it's all downloads. So, um, Yeah, I just I just think it's general um, United States ISPs being garbage and not wanting to fix their infrastructure. But yeah, um, that's a different rant.
0: Yeah. And we'll maybe we'll have a show on that. Unlike yours, mine goes from I have the same specs and mine goes from great to shit and back with no explanation. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I have some uh, I have some mobile internet options uh, at my apartment as well. That uh, basically this uh, uplink shitting itself happened frequently enough that I had to I had to set my laptop to not auto connect to the other ones because um, there was there's actually one episode of uh, this podcast we were recording where my. My internet freaked out uh, right before we started recording and my laptop switched to a different internet connection without my realizing it um, right before we went live. And obviously it didn't cause like any chaos or anything. I didn't rack up like horrible charges or whatnot, like um, some other people that we might know. But uh, I saw the usage that occurred and I was like, I don't want that to happen if my internet shits itself again. So I had to... uh, I do. I had to configure that a little bit to prevent so, it.
0: But. So, um, before we get out of here, what? how much bandwidth did an episode. So, so, so that the folks at home know, we are uh, video streaming so that we can see each other's face, but we're only recording the audio portion. But certainly both sides are going out and John is frozen again. But um, how much bandwidth did you use for a. a a podcast episode
1: um if uh, hopefully you can hear me because yeah okay. the the disc is okay, sweet the discord um like signal indicator is losing its damn mind right now as my connection freaks out but um it, it used a little over a gig um about a gig and a half maybe just under two gigs for our recording time and that included the entirety of like our lead up as we kind of talked about the episode tested audio right uh recorded the episode and then you know we sat around and chatted for a little bit after the episode so uh, yeah yeah, it was probably about a couple of hours um on that connection and then the next day Uh, I happened to look at it and be like, I actually know what actually tipped me off is that uh, the next day when I went to uh, connect up for work, I noticed that I was connected to that other Wi-Fi network. And I was like, oh, it must have switched over while we were recording because I saw my connection drop in our like lead up to recording the episode so i was like ah shit and uh went and looked at how much it used and i was like okay it was it was more than i would like but it wasn't like absurd or anything Um, not not too bad for recording i believe on that episode we had um we had four video streams for a while and then uh i guess we had four video streams the whole time just one person wasn't necessarily in front of their computer oh it
0: was the last episode
1: the entirety of it, yeah. So, we didn't even post the episode because it was ruined by someone being wildly irresponsible with our podcast. So,
0: multiple multiple yeah. times, he was wildly irresponsible,
1: he was. He was, yeah. And plums, yeah. we
0: appreciate your professionalism. You, uh, you showed up on time, you had your shit together. You you had your earbuds charged. You you know you didn't uh, disconnect on us. You you didn't go hang out with your friends while we were trying to record a podcast. Man, for twenty years old, you got this shit down. It's a shame that the forty year old guy uh, didn't didn't have it down.
1: I was gonna say it's it's really great how he didn't make plans with somebody else to come over like halfway through. 'Cause that's happened before.
0: So plums yeah. you rock.
2: Well, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> so uh we're gonna roll out of here. Uh well, you can find me at uh com that okay. yeah. um, and that'll get you to all the socials. Um Oh is that is that up now? No, no, that just that just redirects to uh Instagram. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. One of these days, man, one of these one, days one
0: of these days I will have just like you and plums. I'll have my own website. Yeah. you. I, uh, you honestly, you I was pissed I off believe. the other night at some of this tweeting I did. And I thought, I'm going to roll up. I'm going to roll up the Craft Brew Geek uh, website so that I can have my blog. And I'm just going to fire. Just fire <laughs> shots. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I talked myself off the ledge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I I feel like it's I feel like it's good to have your own website up, even if it's like, uh, I've done tons of websites that were just like a single page website with like a, a quick write-up and some social links. I, I still feel like it's kind of nice to kind of have that home base though. It's pretty cool.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. So Plums, thanks again for joining us. Good luck on uh, the game, the other uh, app that you may follow up on and uh, maybe even uh, we'll do some collaboration on the bathroom app
2: absolutely hit me up mark thanks for having me on
0: so all right you all you all have a good night see you ya. see ya.